What's up, military millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret. We've got Mr. Alex Felice on the show as well. And we are joined by the super professional, absolutely wonderful co-host of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. Okay, that's all I got. Uh, Mindy. Aren't you going to say Mindy. my name? <laughs> no, I was just talking smack. This is Mindy Jensen. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle one, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Hey guys, if you're looking to take your investing, business, life, or just yourself to the next level, then I have something for you. The War Room Real Estate Military Mastermind Group is a mastermind group that meets weekly in small groups of five to six people to help you hold yourself accountable and really experience that growth. But we also have a monthly guest speaker that we bring in. And we've had guest speakers that talk about mindfulness, taxes. We're bringing in somebody to talk about marketing. We bring in very specific topics that will adhere to very broad, any any kind of real estate investing or investing or entrepreneurship that you want to do and will really help you out. We let you ask these speakers questions and get very personal with them. And then back to the small groups, weekly accountability for what you're trying to achieve and just being surrounded by like-minded people. And they say your network is your net worth. I know that's an overused phrase, but I recommend that you check it out. So just shoot an email to wrmastermind at gmail.com. Once again, that's wrmastermind at gmail.com. And we'll send you some more information. If you don't know who Mindy Jensen is, then I don't really know what you're doing on this podcast. You should go figure out who Mindy Jensen is, but I'll give her a little bit of an intro. So Mindy is... One of the cornerstones of Bigger Pockets. She hosts the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. She's a moderator in the military millionaire community because she got sick of seeing people do stupid stuff and was like, please let me boot them. Um, <laughs> she's a friend. She's awesome. I don't know why we haven't had her on the podcast yet, other than scheduling. You know, I mean, she no showed us a week ago. And then. Uh, no, Alex no showed a week ago. <laughs> I was ready. I know. I just, anyway, so we wanted to have Mindy on the podcast because we like Mindy and here we are. And that's the intro you get, Mindy. You're welcome. Well, I really wanted you to say she's super professional and then hold on a sec so I could go like this. <laughs> Part of the reason that I wanted to schedule an afternoon recording is so I could have a beer while I recorded with you guys. If I'm going to talk to Alex Felice, I'm going to need a beer. <gasps> I should have worn my Alex Fleece as my best friend t-shirt and I didn't. You have oh. two of them. Alex what has made me two t-shirts that say Alex Fleece is my best friend. And they're lovely. David and I made a commitment to enjoy this show and take it less seriously this year. And you are the direct manifestation of that. <laughs> oh, I thought you <laughs> I think you're going to say, David and I made it a commitment to enjoy this show with you, Mindy. Like it's going to be some hardship. I'm fabulous. Am I going to see you next week 
at the Bigger Pockets rookie event? I'm not sure yet. I'm babysitting that whole weekend. Um, okay, I'll be there. I'm the um I have weaseled my way in from a Bigger Pockets super fan to a prolific Bigger Pockets forum poster to a Bigger Pockets um real estate show guest, episode three oh one, to a real estate uh, to a Bigger Pockets money show guest. Uh, blogger and now somehow i am like the event photographer which i love and turns and out how did you do that um you guys don't know how to hire good people so no they know how to hire awesome people they hired me and i was like hey this dude alex is giving really great information in the forums i'm gonna reach out and say hey we should be oh, friends wow. That is how Don't we you remember a hundred years ago? Yeah, I do. I do remember. I actually posted that. I think I don't think I made it in Bigger Pockets Wealth magazine. I wrote this long story about how like I just became part of the you know the BP infrastructure, and it was because just me. you know it's just it's a testament to networking. But let's yeah, talk about BP. networking because networking Mindy, is amazing. I'm sorry. David. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let you just skip over this, Mindy. Oh, he okay. knew what episode number he was on the main podcast, but we had him on the Money Show, and he doesn't even no know. no episode reference. Wow, shows you guys over, have. I'm over. so sorry. You have David Perret as a co-host. <laughs> it was not something that I was gonna take that seriously. I'm so sorry. I do this every week with this knucklehead. Like, I'm. I don't care. He doesn't <sighs> care about you, Mindy. That being said, well, that being said, a lot of people have reached out to me and they're like, "Dude, I heard your episode of the Money Podcast, and I love it." And I'm very glad to, I'm always glad to help. I'm always glad to be useful to people. It was episode 247. Oh, I didn't know. I was just busting. This is probably the happiest Alex has been on the podcast at the beginning of a show in a long time. Because this is the only time that a guest has popped up and I've hit record without a single word. So it's like the (laughs) quickest we've ever gotten into recording. And Alex is always busting my chops for like 15 minutes you know, because I'm like trying to brief the guests and Alex is like, fuck it, let's roll. So Alex like he's reading. Uh, Alex looks like he's reading the news or something. Are you going to pay attention to the show, Alex? Um, No, no. Why would I? I Wow. Uh, because I the military millionaire community deserves your attention. You know what? Our Mindy, last I mean, guest, our last guest in the show said that this was one of the best shows that he's part of. And it's because we provide, um, Enthralling, entertaining um, dialogue. And so I'm basically done for the day. I win. So I don't need to pay attention to this conversation. You didn't even I say anything. You what? Oh, is that what Man, your contribution? Not saying anything? Okay, fine. Hi, David. It's lovely to see you. I'm so glad to be on your show. Thank you for enjoying. Thank you for having me today. Oh, this is Alex's show now. I'm just here for the ride. Dude, Alex's show. Dude, sometimes he lets me do the intro and like the, the download skyrocket. Boom. Yeah. yeah, and Alex knows that too because he can see the analytics with no login info. <laughs> Is this just shit talking, Alex? Because yes, I am. No, no, here no. For it that. wasn't intent. I've I've been trying to get to the Mindy. Tell us a little bit about your story and how the hell did you even get into real estate? <sighs> well, we haven't gotten to that part yet because well, I'm not going to cut anyone off from shit talking Alex and I, so that's fun. Okay. Well, I don't want to shit talk you because you're great. I will shit talk Alex all day long. However, you asked me a question. How did I get involved in real estate? So let's go back to the beginning. I was born in a small town in Southern Illinois. It was called Beardstown. Look at you guys are beards. 
Okay, so I was born in Beardstown, Illinois, and then I moved, and 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 I moved times up to, I think I'm in my 28th or 29th house right now. No, it sounds like I'm a military brat, but I am not. I was a corporate brat, and we just moved around a lot for my dad's job that wasn't military. Although he was in the military, he was in the Navy, Um, so... But that's not why we moved. So uh, we moved a lot, and I went to three different schools in second grade. And I used to be super shy. Can you believe that? <laughs> I used to be super shy, but now I'm not I used anymore. To be because super shy. So I believe it. Yeah, really. How did you get out of it? I moved fifty-seven times. No, you go first. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm Did you mute yourself? Why do you mute yourself? Then you can't even nobody hears you laugh. You know what? I'm laughing. You know what? I've actually been podcast hosting longer than you. Hot shot. Really? So really? When did you start? Forever ago. Okay. I'm the first podcaster ever. In fact, I hope everybody's watching on video so they can see me roll my eyes at Alex because you can't hear that. Anyway. All I see is a pink you know, pop stopper on your mic filter there. And <laughs> I can only help but wonder how Alex infiltrated your life to an extent that you felt like you needed pink on the set. That's actually I why. Not, I know you're not a pink fan. That's not your thing. No, actually what's better is the fact that people in the, they're going through their regular old day, minding their business, and then they see pink and then they think about me and I'm sitting here just minding my business, doing it's my thing. Wednesday. On not Wednesday, thinking about so none of y'all. What's up? What's up? <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I got into real estate because I am cheap. I don't. I you said I could swear on your show, but I don't want anybody to know that I have such a potty mouth. So I am cheap AF. My girls get mad at me when I say AF instead of saying the whole thing. But it translates to as fuck. Yes, I am cheap, and I rented a house and. Or rented an apartment. And I was like, I am throwing my money away. I'm going to go and get a condo. And I lived in the condo for four years. And then I got married to somebody who had a house. And I'm like, well, that's better. So let's sell my condo. And I didn't have any money when I bought my condo. So I had to buy a very ugly condo. And I made it very pretty because that's what you do. And I bought it for $49,900. It was a while ago. And I sold it for Seventy-four thousand. And I was like, "Ooh, I want to do that again." So we moved into his house, and I'm like, "Wow, this was your grandma's house." And Al- it was Alex Felice would have loved it. It was a shrine to Pepto Bismol. All the walls were pink. The carpet was pink. The couch was pink. Everything was pink, and it was gross. So I actually am a pink girl. I do like the color pink. And holy cow, it was too much pink. So we got new carpet. We painted the walls. We got rid of that gross couch that the dog had peed on anyway. And we made it look a lot nicer. And then we sold that. We bought it for $135,000 and we sold it for $235,000. And I'm like, oh my God, you can just buy a really ugly house and make it pretty and people will give you $100,000. And for the next like three or five flips, we made a hundred thousand dollars on each flip. What it year was, was this? Years? Year. This was. Let's see. When did I get married? Two thousand two. So I bought my first condo in nineteen ninety eight to two thousand two is when I sold my condo, and then I think we two thousand three or two thousand four is when we sold the next house. And so you're it was doing just it like the, the run up, 
the the 07 runoff. Yes, yes. So, and it was just lather, rinse, repeat. And when I sold my condo, I was speaking to my attorney because it was this was in Illinois where you have an attorney to do your clothes or everybody hires an attorney or at the time they did. And he said, well, you have to take that money and put it into a more expensive house or you have to pay taxes on it. And I'm like, no, I don't. In 1997, this is like five years ago, they did this thing where I lived in it for two years, so I don't have to pay any capital gains taxes on it now. And he's like, really? Let me go check into that. And I'm like, let me go find a new attorney because how do you know this five years later? Yeah. (laughs) But then we discovered, like I I did this research and I'm like, wow, this, we actually did have the internet then, but it was just barely going. And I don't even think Google was around then. Um, Maybe they were. Where was I working? Yeah, maybe Google was just starting out. But anyway, you had to really search for this information. But once I found it, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this again. So we've done it again. And I think we are in our 10th or 11th live-in flip. And that's how I got invested. I started investing in real estate because I was cheap. And you stumbled into bigger pockets along. People know you, I think, a lot as from bigger pockets. Not, I mean, we know you invest in real estate, but less about your specific real estate story, more about your community orientation with. VP, but as far as I know, you just applied for some job and got a job, and then it became this behemoth that we all culted under. And but wow. it wasn't. You're terrible right? as my biographer. You're fired. So here's what really happened. So my husband started a blog, and we went to this conference called FinCon, and I was trying to attend a session during every breakout session time that they had. And I walked into this session, either I misread the title or I walked into the wrong room, but there's not a lot of seats left. I find one in the very front row, all the way on the inside up against the wall. And these two guys start talking and it's clear that whatever they're talking about is not something I need, like how to move your website to a new hosting company seamlessly when you get too big for your old hosting company. And I'm like, I don't need this information. I'm going to leave. So I get up to leave and I look around and it is wall to wall people, standing room only. I am clearly the only person in this room who doesn't know who these two guys are. And I am in the front row. If I leave, I'm going to cause a big disruption. And that's not fair to them that I don't know how to read you know, where this correct room is. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to learn. I guess I'm going to sit down and learn this. So I started listening and they're like, blah, 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 computers and whatever and blah, 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 real estate. And I'm like, wait a second. I like real estate, blah, 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 blah. We have a website where people talk about real estate online. And I'm like, no way. Nobody talks about real estate. In real life, because if I tell Alex about a deal, he's going to go steal it from me. That's it's super competitive. Like real estate is kind of full of douchebags sometimes. So Dude, I just want to pause on that real quick. And like kind of I talk about this on the show a lot lately, the emphasis about how much the culture has changed of the last few years about, you know, even like especially 10 years ago, but even even less than that, where real estate was not nearly as popular. It was not well talked about. It was sort of taboo still, especially after the crash. Um, And the information abundance wasn't available yet. So it was like niche and and sort of weird. And now it just feels like if you say something about real estate, people are like, oh, well, yeah, I either want to get in or it's the most popular thing in the world. It's very interesting to see how much it's changed in quite a short amount of time. 
this was 2013. It wasn't that long ago, but it was a really long time crash. ago. Yeah, it was after the crash. And yeah. it, it was just, I couldn't believe that they were talking about a website that they had where people would freely share information about real estate investing. So after the talk was all over, um, I went up to them and I started talking to them. And I discovered that the name of their little website is called biggerpockets.com. And I was super excited. I started going on the website and I'm like, I can't believe this exists. I'm so excited. I have found a place and I'm a stay-at-home mom with two kids. I'm like, I don't have any business being on this website because I've got things to do, you know, all day long. I've got stuff, but every, when I had time, when the girls were napping, I'd jump on the website and be like, you know, ooh, what can I learn about today or what can I talk about today? And for the longest time, I didn't make an account because I thought they were great big scam artists, you know, like make an account. We promise we won't charge your credit card. That was a wink for those of you who are listening. And finally, somebody said something or or I don't remember what it was, but I was like, I don't care. I will dispute this charge with my credit card. I have to respond. So I made an account. I I. They didn't ask me for my credit card. I jumped in and I started talking and people started talking back to me. And I was like, this is so great. I can't believe people want to talk to me about real estate. Like I'll be driving around in the car with my kids. I'm like, look at that house. Can you believe they want 469 for that? Or like whatever. And the kids are in the back seat. We don't care, mom. And like nobody in my real life wants to talk about real estate. But here's this place that I can go where I can ask questions and I can give my advice and I can share my experiences. And it was this like aha moment. Oh, my God, I found my tribe. And then for six months, I was on this site. And then all of a sudden, they post this this job offer, this this job uh, that they were looking for somebody to basically do everything that I do. We want somebody who can sometimes host the podcast and who can make videos for us and who can talk about real estate and to be in the community. And I was like, I read that job description. I was so mad. I shut my computer for a week. It was like, oh, I've got kids at home. I'm a stay-at-home mom. And my little one isn't going to go to kindergarten until August. And I can't get a job now. But I've been thinking about getting a job when she goes to school. So maybe they'll wait for me. So I looked up again and somebody had asked what, how long is this job open for? And this is like looking back now, what a stupid question. How long is the job open? Well, until it gets filled. But when Josh said that, I was like, oh, maybe they will wait for me. So I, I sent a note to them. I'm like, I really want to be, um, you know, I really want this job. Here's like, they, they gave a bunch of things that you had to do. And what I later found out was a lot of people that were applying didn't do everything. I had the thing, the, the job posting open. It said, you know, create an account. So I did and do this. And I did. And like every single thing I was like, I want this job so bad. I was going back and forth on the, the qualifications and, you know, all the things you had to do. I had to make a video. I recorded a video and this damn plane started flying overhead. And it's one of those like twin otter prop. I don't know, but it makes a lot of noise. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I have five minutes to record this. And that's what you're going to do this stupid plane. But anyway, so I submitted all of my stuff and I swear within 30 minutes, Josh Dorkin called me and he's like, Hey, I want to interview you. Let's hop on a zoom call or no, no, it was Skype at the time. He's like, let's hop on a Skype call. And I'm saying to my husband, 
because he's a tech person and I am not. I'm like, how do you use Skype? <laughs> so he sets me up. And I'm talking to Josh. He's like, I know you. I'm like, yeah, we met at FinCon a few years ago. He's like, hold on, let me get Brandon on the phone. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. How am I going to do this? I'm going to talk to Josh and Brandon at the same time. I am totally going to lose my cool. And I'm just going to be such a huge nerd and such a fangirl. And I am just going to like... They're going to be like, oh my God, forget her. What a loser. And then it turns out that I was the best ever and they hired me. And now the rest is history. I used to be the sheriff of the forums and now I host the Bigger Pockets Money podcast and I make videos for their YouTube channel and I talk about money and I talk about real estate and I'm living my best life. And I can answer a question in 27 minutes. I miss forums. I did all of the early internet friend making in my life on web forums and they're basically as far as i can tell mostly gone now and the bigger pockets forums are still there don't say that yeah but it's not the same it all it, in fact they even changed the style to look like the facebook groups well, so sorry so some of that was uh what it how did they say it we had some tech debt that we had to fix. Like we just had some old stuff that wasn't being supported anymore and we needed to change it. But that's, I mean, that's not the front end and you know, you have to change with the times. I'm sorry, Mr. Alexander the Great with your 1970s I love bigger sweater pockets. I'm not complaining about bigger pockets. I'm just nostalgizing. It's not a real word. All right. No, All right, it's not Mindy. Word. I got the question that everybody actually wants to know. Uh-oh. As the person who has moderated the forums in Bigger Pockets longer than anyone else, how in the hell do you exist there and not have all your crap deleted? Oh, that's very easy. You follow my rules. My site, my rules. <laughs> okay. I'm so, just laughing so because I have I, I have like twenty five hundred <laughs> posts on Bigger Pockets and almost none have ever gotten yanked. And they even asked me to I'm a moderator on the board still, actually. Yeah, so just you're just around, a soliciting stuff sleazy snake, David. That's the problem. Just follow the rules. <laughs> They're not that hard. Oh, is this a, a personal question? Are you using a, a podcast episode to get answers to your personal questions? Okay, David. So oh, here no. I are know the what rules. happened with me. I'm just I'm just laughing because I see you in there all the time yanking stuff. <laughs> we consider looking for or offering products, properties, services, education, books, yada, 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 to be advertising. This, the forums do not exist for Alexander the Great to go out and find deals and find partners and do all of this stuff. The forums exist to share information. So if Alex wants to know the answer to a question, he should ask the question. And if David has the answer, he should share the answer without and adding, oh, and by the way, I can help you because I'm an agent and I can, I have a referral system across the nation and I can get you an agent anywhere you need. Just email me at david at davidparade.com or whatever your email address is. There's ways to answer questions and there's ways to be sleazy promotional and 
if you've ever been on a forum that isn't moderated, you know instantly and you leave because it's ads and spam and garbage. And it can feel like we are being very heavy handed and we are. But the reason that we're being heavy handed is because we want the ads and spam out and the real estate information and education to continue to flow. And when Alex comes in and says, hey, I have a really great answer to your question. Here's a link to my blog. Even if his blog isn't selling anything, it's still self-promotion to his blog. So we'll pull that or we'll edit it out. Just share the information. There are a lot of people that are read-only members. They make an account and they never post ever, but they're in the forums and they're reading all the time and they're gathering information. So when you share information without being promotional, then people start to realize that Alexander the Great is somebody who has a lot of real estate information, and maybe they will check out his profile. Now, in your profile, you should absolutely be promoting the heck out of yourself. Give me your email address, your phone number, what you do, what you're looking for, how I can help you and how you can help me. Because if I'm going through the forums and I keep seeing Alex commenting over and over again with great information. I click on his post and he happens to be in whatever Carolina he lives in and he's an agent. Oh my goodness. I need an agent in that Carolina. I never remember which Carolina he lives in. I'm sorry. Can we stop naming states the same? Anyway. Um, the problem that people seem to have with the Bigger Pockets forums is they want to use it as a marketing tool and they can't. And so then they're like, how do you use this? How do I use this thing properly? And I'm like, you don't use it as a marketing tool. You use it. It's a really good system. It's kind of like a relationship. Like the idea is if you're trying to get something out of your relationship and you start with this idea of reciprocity, it's going to go badly. Instead, you invest selflessly into it and then you sort of let the universe work itself out. And if you do a good job of being selfless, then the universe will work itself out in your favor. And so if you go in there and you're like, how do I skirt the rules to be promotional without seeming promotional? And I see people do it all the time and they like try to like do generic posts that don't really break the rules, but I can tell they're, they're just, they're trying to do this as a marketing tool. And, and so sometimes they do that, but they don't really get engagement because, um, everybody else can see really, right through it too. Yeah. And it doesn't really generate organic, con um, uh, conversation. So the bigger pockets forums are extremely easy to use and interact with if you approach them the way that like as as a community which is what it's been great at my, my favorite 90 something percent of my real life friends are from bigger pockets and that forum i love that forum um but i don't use it as a marketing tool so that, i have zero problems yeah, yeah i love it I, well marketing. i always <laughs> oh yeah i've got over a thousand something posts on there too the only the only things i think that i ever really got slapped on the wrist for ironically it was always mindy too um was I would, you know, I would constantly or not constantly, but I would say things like I'd answer the whole question. They'd be like, hey, if you got other questions, feel free to shoot me a message. And they'd be like, boop. Or I'd answer all the questions and then I'd throw my phone number and be like, if you need anything, yeah, whatever. And it was I never it was never like intended that way, but it would be like flagged. And I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. See, even if you're my friend, I will still slap you down on the site because it is my site and my rules. And I am not here to make friends. I am here to keep the real estate information and education flowing. And if you need specific military advice, you can go to the Military Millionaire Group and they will give you specific military advice. However, I want to go back to the very top of that. And 
Alex said this, give without any expectation of return. Because when you're selling something, people can feel like you're selling something. Do you like to be sold to? I don't like to be sold to. Remember the whole uh, car salesman and the this, this smarmy guy that's like, sell, 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 always be selling. People don't like that person because they don't feel genuine. Now, I first reached out to Alex Felice because he gave real advice. It wasn't necessarily what the person posting wanted to hear but it was absolutely what they needed to hear. That's and, uh that's that's basically my entire existence. Yes, but like I don't need anybody to sugarcoat, you know, oh, I've got this tenant and they're not paying rent. Oh, I'm totally sure they're going to pay next month. That's not helpful. What I need to hear, what I don't want to hear, but what I need to hear is that you need to give them a pay or quit notice and then you need to follow the uh Oh God, what's it called? Eviction your lease. process in yeah. your state. And that's what you need to hear. And hey, it'll all work out in the end is not going to do you any good. So one of I saw Alex in his pink shirt picture. I wasn't even wearing pink yet. That was like a- You were. You know so funny? No, and you now. had a dress shirt. You had a pink striped dress shirt on. I remember it. That's why I reached well. out. Well, then you gave good advice. But I was like, hey, Alex, you give great advice. We should connect. You can have friends and colleagues on Bigger Pockets. And we just started talking, and he was giving really great advice. And now we're best friends. But because he was giving without was expectation the best of return, day of his life. probably was the best day of his life. And then I got connected with David Perret through FinCon. Did you introduce I me met, to David Perret? I met you at the I Orlando met, FinCon. I met David at FinCon too, actually. I think I met all of you at that same FinCon. A whole Bro, lot was that 18? There. That was. In Orlando. So, so Mindy, I introduced myself to you. Uh, on Well, I introduced myself to you twice. The first time was the, uh, the, the, the starting ceremony for FinCon, and you had had at least one or multiple of what you're drinking right now. And I don't know that you remember me introducing myself to you. So then I introduced you myself to you again, I believe with Doug. So I, Doug Nordman and Brandon were like the only two people I knew and they had told me to go to FinCon. So I showed up there and Doug was the only person there that I knew. And then, yeah. I remember taking a picture of you or taking a picture with Scott Trench and you. Oh, thank you. Where is that? That looks like big. Yeah, that looks familiar. Um, I didn't know you could share a screen here. I'm going to have to figure out how to use this system. Um, the button that says share on the bottom. Oh, look at that. She was just, she was just figuring out how to learn Skype. She was just getting the hang of Skype, and then they went and changed everything on her. Then we went to Zoom. Now we do it in Riverside. Um but yeah, you came up and introduced yourself to me and Scott, and we all had beards, and we took pictures with for Brandon because he had a beard. My beard doesn't grow in very well. That's right, because I had just recorded my first and still only on the main show uh, as a newbie investor, and so I had bought this pack of like fake beards. <laughs> when I realized Brandon wasn't going to be there, I was like, well, I'm just going to take pictures with the beard and tell him what he's missing. And then I saw you and Scott and was like, this is super weird, but we're going to take this photo. I still have that photo somewhere. I have that photo too. Of us wearing fake <laughs> Brandon beards that we sent him. 
all about being memorable. It works. It's weird as all get out, but it works because all my memories from that FinCon are like, well, my, my, my main memory from that FinCon is Alex and I hanging out at the real estate meetup by the pool and getting told we couldn't hang out there anymore because we brought our own beer. And then we went to this Mexican restaurant. We we're drinking Coronas. And then Alex Scott and I sit in the back of the like uh, award ceremony thing, chugging Coronas in the back seats of the, the pews, like just not paying any attention. I always bring beer to the Plutus Awards. Yeah, we were slinging all the beer. The hotel, the hotel told us to get rid of it and leave. And we took it into the Plutus Awards and just passing beers around like whatever. David loves that story. Um, Mindy, uh, at the start of the interview, we had said something about, you had said networking. Let's talk about networking. And I swear, like, I got, I'm trying to think about how to do a piece of content on this, but there's a piece of relationship building. That's like, it's part of this, you know, the world has changed. The internet changed, um, the way you network with people. But I've realized that networking on the internet is only one half of the relationship building. And so like you really can't develop a real relationship online. Not really. And it's really hard to sort of, it's inefficient to hope you meet the people in person. And so it really requires both and conferences. This is why I love conferences because they, what they let you do is you gather all your internet friends and you go see them in Denver once a year or whatever it might be or Orlando. And so networking with people online is really, really valuable. But then finding that time of the year where you're going to go see them in person, really like it's like having a fake internet friend that you could talk to for years. And it's like not meaningless, but it's sort of, it's sort of, it's like Schrodinger's friend. It it exists, but it also doesn't exist. It's not a real relationship. As soon as you meet that person in like in person, four years of back and forth, the internet just became real in a heartbeat. And now you're like, oh, yeah, we've been friends for four years. We just met today. But if you, so if you, so I say all that to say, like, for those looking to network, like, it takes both pieces. Yeah, you should go on the internet. You should make friends with people online. Dude, I made friends with Jay Scott, actually, and Dorkin. Like, I don't know Dorkin. I talked to him on the internet. And then, you know, I've only met him in person once. But uh, Jay Scott's the same way. I talked to Jay Scott for like five years, never met him. And then I ran into a conference one time. He's like, dude, we're friends. And now we're friends. And so, you can reach out that the internet gives you access to almost everybody. And so you can reach out. Mindy and I talked for that message you sent me was in like 2013 or 14. I was just learning real estate. My friends and family were telling me I was crazy. They're like, yo, don't you know that that thing bankrupts people? You better watch out. Um, it's the opposite of how it is today. They're like, now they're doing the thing. Oh my God, real estate only goes up. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating to see how, how short people's memories are. That's really what it, what I've, but it doesn't matter. Point is, we talked for probably, if that was 13 or 14, and then we didn't meet till FinCon of 2019. We met before That's, then. We met in Las Vegas. That was in 2008. Okay, so 2018. But yeah, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking. Um, yeah. So it, it's five years that you're like, oh, yeah, this internet friend I have, which I can't, I don't know if it's real or not. Maybe it's a real friendship. Maybe not. Who, who knows? And then you meet in person, you're like, we've always been friends. I can't believe it. It doesn't, it doesn't, it feels like it's always been real. It's a fascinating little dynamic. Well, and networking online gives you the opportunity to communicate when it works for you. I'm in a different time zone than you. I've actually had in real life friends that like friendships that kind of 
fell apart because they moved to, I'm in the mountain time zone. They moved to the Eastern time zone. I have kids. I got to get them in bed early. I don't have time to talk, you know, at late at night, then I'm tired too. So two hours later, when it's nine o'clock my time, it's 11 o'clock their time. Like, but when I'm online, I can send an email whenever I can chat on Facebook whenever and they can respond when it's convenient to them. And yes, I can do that in real life friendships too. That was probably a terrible example. But like when you're cultivating a relationship, it's, you know, when it's new, you're still trying to learn from, you know, learn about them and you're, you know, putting your best foot forward and here's my super funny side. And, you know, I'm meeting people at the end of June that I've been cultivating relationships with online um, for a while. There's this big run in my city. I'm running. I hate it. Um, but several people around the area are coming to do the run and then they're going to have a barbecue in my backyard afterwards. And that'll you be a lot of fun. But yeah. You guys are both idiots. Thank you. You guys are That's both super nice. avid runners totally who back. hate running. <laughs> I'm not an you. avid runner. Shut your mouth. I Why are you going to join a running, running group? I'm not joining a running group. I am doing one run. It's a 5K. It barely counts as a run. Oh, yeah. But okay, everybody else All is right, doing so the sorry. run, so I have to run too. So sorry. Only David's an idiot. Yes, David's an idiot if he <laughs> hates running and is going to do – like you're going to do an Ironman, dude. That super sucks. That's swimming that sucks and running that sucks. I don't, I don't hate sucks. running. I, it is my worst discipline and therefore it is the most painful of the three. And so, yeah, it's it's not that I hate running. I just – I don't like – like I don't like 5Ks. I don't like like fast-paced sprint. I prefer like go on a 12-mile run slowly. And you can run a 5k slowly. Off. I know that from firsthand experience. <laughs> yeah, but then you, you don't but that's not long enough to like get into like flow state. Dude, I don't want to get into flow state. <laughs> I like the mental clarity I get on like long walks or long runs or cycling, but um I, the other thing with networking and we're talking like on the online thing, I've made a ton of friends through you know Instagram, bigger pockets, forums, all these things. Because, like what Alex said, if you're giving, if you're producing content or answering questions or giving whatever, and people find that helpful, they reach out to you. And so I've made a ton of connections over the years where I put a piece of content out or answered a question and people came to me. And a lot of times that happens at the conferences because they're like, you're that guy, or you answer this, or you did this. And I have no idea, which is always kind of awkward because I'm like, do I actually know you or, but I mean, I've made tons of connections that way and it's been super valuable. Dude, the lurker, the lurker aspect of social media is grossly underestimated. Um, and so in 2019, was it bigger pockets 2019? That was like the, the redo, the first one, the first one. Um, it's like midnight. You guys are closing on that bar. I was, hammered a drunk scott trench walks up to me i knew scott but i didn't like know scott he walks up to me he looks at me straight in the eyes he's like gives you that like 10 second like stare he's gonna tell you something but he's he's formulating thought he's like who is asian work wife which was a uh, <laughs> which which was this meme joke i had about some coworker who happens to be asian um fantastic human being one of my favorite people on my i used to tell stories about her on Facebook and I'm like, dude, Scott and I, we had never talked really before or very, very little. And I was like, I didn't think he knew who I was. Never mind. 
paid attention and then like had this idea and then never said anything. And then you see somebody in person and that's when it comes out. And that's the weirdest thing about the internet is when somebody like, I don't want to say anything to you on the internet, but I'll say something to you in person. That's a fascinating dynamic because the social risk is far higher in person. You got to look somebody in the eye and like either, you know, it's like asking a girl out. It's like easier of a text, but you know, it's, it's harder to do it face to face. Right. Um, but the amount of people that I don't know come up that come up to me in a conference and they're like, dude, I love your whatever. And I'm like, Hey, I'm very thankful. I'm grateful that you find me useful. Also, it's, you know, as the years goes by, they're like, yeah, I've been following you for four years. And I'm like, please just say something earlier. This is too, it's too far now. <laughs> <laughs> so I talk about Alex Felice a lot. I talk about you at the office. I talk about you, not at you home. I, oh, shut up. I said something the other day and my kid, I happen to know like 27 people named Alex. I can't even say 27 guys. I know a lot of women named Alex as well. And I said, Alex, and my kids are like, Felice? I'm like, in this case, yeah, it was Alex Felice. But yes, Alex Felice comes up a lot. Um, I cannot stress it enough. I appreciate that you are not selling. There's a lot of people that I know about the same time that I met you, that I don't follow on Facebook, that I actively don't communicate with on bigger pockets because all they're doing is selling all the time. They are incapable of having a conversation without promoting whatever their latest thing is. And that gets old so quick. I don't want to hear about all the things that you're doing unless I ask about it. I want like I'm excited for your successes. That's great. But don't sell me all the time. Let's just have a conversation. If you're trying to sell me, I just instantly think you're smarmy and gross. And you have so much to overcome when I think you're smarmy and gross. This works really well for my personality because um, I don't have anything to sell. So I could just be me. And so people who dig that gravitate towards my personality because it allows me to be very free because I really I'm like, oh, yeah, you didn't like what I said. <laughs> you can't hurt my bank account. I don't care. Well, you uh, have something said, to sell. That being said, um, I don't have much to sell. And so that does hurt my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> but you have an investment. You have investment opportunities. And what I like about that is you will say, hey, I might have an investment opportunity coming up. If you're interested, I can send you more information. That's your sales pitch. And then if I say, you know what, I'm tapped out this month, you'll say, okay, cool. You know, I'll let you know if I have any more. Or, you know, if I keep saying that, you get the hint and you're like, hey, Mindy doesn't want to invest with me. But I will ask you because you're not salesy, because I have spent this time cultivating our relationship. I will ask you, do you have anything coming up? And you'll be like, yeah, I've got this thing. And I'll be like, hey, give me some information. Or hey, at the end of the year, I'm selling a syndication. So I will have money. Let's talk. Um, you've got something coming up. I'm excited for it. Not only am I excited for you, but here's where the networking comes in. I was at dinner with somebody a couple of weeks ago, and she talked about the same type of thing that you're about to invest in. And I was like, Oh, 
Dude, I have the hottest opportunity in real estate right now. It is coming hard. I'm excited. It's going to be a few weeks this summer. I've got people who are interested in it. And when I said to this person, Scott Trench happened to be at the, the dinner that night too. And I'm like, oh yeah, Alex Felice has this thing coming up. And Scott heard your name and he's like, oh yeah, that guy's really awesome. And Scott, being the CEO of the company, is now validating to this person who sort of knows me, but not really, validating to her that you're a great person. I am going to, once you ever send me that document, Mr. I never sell anything. Sometimes you got to be a little salesy. When you send me that document, (laughs) I'm going to forward it on to her. And I'm going to say, hey, remember at dinner, we were talking about this. This is the proposal. There's, I just wanted to share it with you. If you're interested, I can introduce you to him because it's for, well, I think she's she's an accredited investor. So do you have to be accredited? Or no, um, you're well, gonna have opportunities for both. Okay, so I think she's accredited, so that's fine. But like, I would love to introduce her to you. I can still invest in this opportunity while giving her the the information, and then she can choose to invest in it or not. But what this does is this introduces you to her. She's a big name. I'm specifically not dropping her name on purpose because you know she doesn't need to be. I don't need to drop her name right now, but. This would be really great for you if you could connect with her. Scott has already said Alex Felice is really awesome. So she's probably got that in the back of her head because she's probably one of those people that remembers shit. Dude, that's why um, on Facebook what I do is I just tell people I'm awesome. And then when I just tally say it over and over and over again. And that way when they hear the word, oh, Alex Felice, like, what do I think? Oh, yeah, he's awesome. That's right. It's just, you know, it's it's good. uh, Okay, well, let's get away from Alex. David, what do you want to talk about? um, No, hang on. I want to add one more part to that. Um, It's so funny. I don't talk about myself that much. It's it's good to hear other people do it. All day, every day. Um, Continue. (laughs) um, We definitely live in a very interesting world where, you know, I don't know how to use social media yet. Nobody knows how to use social media yet, or very little. And it was like, you know, this little thing you can talk to your friends online. It was basically like chat plus a profile. It was whatever. And then, like, it quickly has quickly devolved into for many people it is nothing more than a marketing device sometimes a more or less you know disguised marketing device uh, a marketing device disguised as authenticity and i really don't i really don't i'm not good at marketing i'm really not i don't it doesn't fit my personality type or my soul at all um and so i don't know which model is going to prove to be correct in the long run? I mean, there's guys, you know, there's there's guys like the in in real estate and in many other industries that are using social media as marketing tools of various kinds, and they're doing very well. So I don't know if my particular blend is going to win in the long run, but I will say that it's much easier to do what fits your personality type rather than like, if you're not, if marketing doesn't feel, I feel the same way as Mindy. It's like, dude, if you, as soon as I find out you're soliciting me, I'm grossed out. And so like some people are just not into it. And some people are like, they don't care. They don't mind it. Some people like buying stuff from getting, some people like getting sold and some people like selling. And so if it fits your personality type, I say, you know, do whatever feels natural, organic to you. Um, you also have to understand that not everybody's into that. Um, 
And I will say to the people who don't like the feel of the sales pitch both ways, which I'm sure are many, you can make a lot of success in this area and in life and using social media and networking and marketing, for lack of a better term, without sales pitching almost at all. So uh, do not fall into the trap of like, oh, here's a, this is a social media, social media is a marketing tool and here's how you have to use it. It's like, dude, they don't know. Whoever's telling you that's how you have to use it, they don't know. Like nobody knows how to use it yet. They're figuring it out. Some people have learned how to use it, their personality type better than others. And a lot of people that are really good at it are just shameless. And so like they don't have the ick because they never feel the ick because they don't have a, they're just shameless, which is not a personality or a lifestyle that I would ever recommend to anyone. So if you have a lot of shame, which you should, because you want to be a good person of moral character, um, and you want to have the feeling of um, when I right or wrong my fellow human beings, um, you know, you can still make a lot of progress with social media, but you just, it's definitely a, you got to find out what fits your personality type. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, um, shameless is the smarmy people that I don't want to hang out with. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not interested in hanging out with those people. Like I'm too old for that shit. I don't know what you're, you're, you're overcomplicating social media. All you got to do is take pictures of cats or your food and you win the internet. Everybody knows that. That what was a cat. Yeah. I guess cats food. are the worst. <laughs> that was, that was, that was 10 years ago. Now, um, you got to, now you got to take pictures in front of a McLaren, David. Yeah, that didn't work. You should get an it's NSX. Funny. I've been looking for a toy, but I haven't figured out what I want because what I want is out of my price range and the things that are in my price range, it's weighing the old, it's like, you know, do, do I buy this now and postpone what I really want longer or do I just hold out? And, and the real thing is the, the, those cars that I would want, uh, prices are so inflated right now. They're not even really worth buying at this price point. So. So here's my experience with a super, super nice car. I drove an NSX for a year, maybe, and it was gorgeous. The people who had it before me took really, really great care of it. But the thing is, I grew up on, I, I drove a 1970 AMC Hornet. Go ahead and be jealous. Look that up. AMC, the maker of the Pacer and the Gremlin. The Hornet didn't look much better. Um, the Chevette. I told people I drove a vet, but it was a Chevette. Um, I had an MR2 for a while, second, uh, first generation. Um, I drive a Mindy van now, little Mazda 5 minivan. And it doesn't matter if somebody dings my door when I am at the grocery store. And it doesn't matter if my husband hits the dolly with the car and it whaps into the Corner, front corner panel. But when I was driving the NSX, it was like this far off the ground. And this truck, this big jacked up truck starts coming over into my lane. And I'm honking my horn like, stop, stop, stop. Because there's another car over here. I'm going to hit, you know, I'm going to get hit. If he, he finally sees me and he's like, oh, like he couldn't see me because it was a black car and it was really, really tiny. And after that day, I was like, oh, this car is too nice. 
there is too much money concentrated in these four wheels and I feel really nervous when I drive this car. And nice cars just aren't my thing. And I had a nice car and like now I have a Miata. That's my my fun car, but if a if my Miata gets crushed, I can go out and buy 57 more Miatas. Like they're not they're a dime a dozen. My NSX was one of yeah, well, shut up Alex. My NSX was one of, I think there were 9,000 total in the U.S. market and only 6,000 remain because sometimes people who drive them are complete douchebags and drive Dude, them too Dude, nice fast. cars make you fragile. They make you fragile as fuck because you're driving around like, I can't get a ding. I have too much money. I have too much emotional investment. I have too much. I got to park at weird places. It's always got to be clean. I got to like, I, it's just, it's this big. Yes. It just makes you so fragile to hang on to this thing that um, is ultimately just the materialistic. I mean, it doesn't really matter. And I'm, I'm a car matter. guy. I love cars. Um, so what I say about cool cars is get one, which I don't have. I don't follow this advice because I don't I can't do it. Right. But if I want to go get one, it's like, OK, what's the old saying? Like if you was it Jay-Z said, if you can't afford to buy two, you can't afford to buy one. So if you want if, if you really want a Ferrari, it's like, yeah. Get get two so that the dinged up so you care the one you can get one dinged up and not care about it. You're like, yeah, I just don't care. If you like, if it has to be perfect, then you're just walking around like waiting to get emotionally stung. It just makes you so fragile. And like, what's the point? That's not. I don't know what anybody's here to invest for, but that ain't freedom. If you're like, if you're tied up and this thing has to be perfect all the time, you ain't free. You're tied to this materialistic, this nothing. When when I had the S two thousand, right, I had. Uh, that was my toy for a while and I turboed it and did all the work myself and it was beautiful and I loved it. But there's a, there's a local, they call it the Boston mountain store, local drive. It's like a, they do one in the spring, one in the fall. It's like a full day cruising through back roads in the Ozark mountains, tons of fun, lots of twisties, you know, and that's what I like. I like driver cars that are whatever, but to, to your point, it was always funny. I never did it. I didn't care. It, whatever. It was my daily, but there were always people who would show up. And like you could see him out in the parking lot with like the blue painter's tape painting off the entire freaking front bumper and mirrors and everything where a rock could potentially come off the road and chip paint was just taped and plastic and taped. And these cars, you know, you'd, you'd have guys in McLarens and NSXs and Ferraris out there with like just bukus of crap all over the front. They look like they like when you see a car that's on the track, like as a you know, it's not released yet and they've got all the weird stuff on it. So you can't take pictures. And I'm like, Ugh, whatever. Yeah. I, I love cars, love cars a long time. Uh, can't afford a cool one. And I, I know a lot of people that have cool cars and they really can't afford them either. And they have their life. They're just lifestyle is tied. That's why I love cameras. I'm like, I can go to the car meet and take pictures of all these cool cars and then like not have any of the liability, any of the emotional investment, any of the capital. Now, look, if you're like really rich, if you like really got it and you can go off and you can buy your dreamy dream car, I mean, you know, I really would like a 993 Porsche, you know, but a 1993 model still costs $100,000. Like I, I, I already know that if I spent the hundred grand on a, you know, on a 25 year old, what is that? A 35 year old car that can't be replaced easily. It's like, I'd be the same way. I'd be fragile about it. And so like, what's the point? It's not freedom. I'd rather go off and buy a newish Ferrari or Lamborghini and it's like you know it's not going to be a it's not going to last it's not going to stand the test of time so just beat it and who cares but I'm it's not going to be not freedom 
That's it. It's not freedom. I was all after that guy almost hit me for like three or four weeks. Every time I drove it, I was like, please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. And I came home and I said to Carl, maybe we should sell it. He's like, I wanted to sell it, but I didn't want to say anything because you liked it so much. I'm like, okay, let's sell it. No, we sold it at the end of the season. So we sold it for what we bought it for, but we bought a house with the money. So we did better. I consider that a win though. I mean, if you break even on a car that you got to, like I've had, well, several cars actually, my last three that I either sold for what I bought for or more. And two of them I put 40,000 miles on and sold for break even or more. And it's like, well, I got 40,000 free miles out of this. I mean, some maintenance and some gas, but I mean, if you compare that to, you know, buying something brand new and watching it depreciate 50% over five years, uh, it's, I mean, the number, it's, it's nice. Yeah, I had to put catalytic converters back on because the guy that I bought it from took them off and I couldn't pass emissions. I almost passed emissions. This is how awesome this car was. It's a 91 and it almost passed emissions with no catalytic converters whatsoever. I thought you were so cool when I met you. She's like, I drive an ISX. I am so I'm cool. Like, oh. I'm like, oh my God, she is cool. I am cool. And then, and then she sold it because she's like, ah, I just, I had it. I don't care anymore. I just want to be free. I'm like, okay, now you're definitely cool. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay. Ask me some hard questions. What's the most valuable thing from our listener community? What's the most valuable thing that they can, I don't want to say extract, that Mindy Jensen can provide to them? Time is worth more than anything else. Find a way to get rid of the things in your life that suck your time away so you have time to spend as you see fit. Now, this sounds all good that I'm saying this, but I need to take that advice too. Yeah, you call me up sometimes with ridiculous problems about (laughs) poor time management. And I'm like, okay, you you are bad at this actually. Do as I say, not as I do. This is good advice, but somebody else should be giving it. <laughs> it's, no, it's okay. great advice, and I've had some epiphanies in the last couple of days. Mindy, uh, of the last like five podcast recordings we've done, how many of them have you given me more than like twenty four hour notice on? Any of have I done that with any of them? I don't think so. <laughs> I was on the phone with John right before we recorded. He's like, dude, she called me like two hours ago and wants to know if I can record tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, I didn't know we were recording tomorrow either. That's just how she rolls. You guys are both jerks. You guys both get paid, paid bigger pockets contributors to be on a podcast together. And then you come on this show and I'm here and I'm the only idiot on this show that's not getting paid to podcast. Wow. I'm not getting paid for this show. No, me neither. Me neither. neither. (laughs) Yeah. But I've got a phone call this week with that one guy. Hey, how can we um, – I got some more hard questions. You asked for hard questions. I got some more hard questions. Hit Um, me. The Bigger bigger Pockets community currently does absolutely zero for the United States veterans and military service members. So how come – why don't they buy the Military Millionaire podcast? That's what they should do. Wow. Way to put me on the spot. So I – You said hard questions. I am – I, I call them. Bigger Pockets my. Uh, this is not a pitch, Mindy. We don't pitch on this show. This is not a pitch. Yeah. I call Bigger this Pockets. Is, I'm my just asking company. why you guys hate America. But, oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm proud to be an American. 
So I'm going to direct you to Scott Trench, CEO of Bigger Pockets. Scott at biggerpockets.com. His phone number is Oh, I don't have my phone with me, so I can't tell you. I got it. It's got a zero in it somewhere, I think. Maybe a I have four. Scott and I talk on Facebook every once in a while. He's um he's good people. <laughs> he is good people. You should talk to we him. We actually worked this angle for a little while. I, Mindy, we went back and forth about me, you know, not to not to throw all that out there, but like we talked about it and it just never it never had look, I am not the boss of the world. If I was the boss of the world, yes, it would be bigger millionaire pockets, bigger military pockets. Dot com. Bigger pockets Those military sound terrible. So this isn't to say that the bigger pockets community does not support the military community. They just, you know, they just don't do actually anything to support us. Gotcha. Wow. <laughs> wow. Mindy, I have a question for you, and this will not make you feel awkward at all. Wow, are you sure? Because that other what one is was your, pretty good. What is your best military joke? Like if you had to talk shit to a service member. Because I know how much you <laughs> always worry about being offending offending people. So here's your chance. I never it. Nobody want, on the show will be offended. I never want any service member to feel that I don't respect them or what they do. But I do feel a little smarmy with that whole thank you for your service all the time that I'm yeah, sure gross, you get. Don't do it. All the time. I hate it. I don't like it. You know, I'm, a, I've heard a lot of people that say the same thing. Like, it's I hate so, it. Um, well, forced. As, they, as David knows, it's very easy to get me on on a um, on one of my epic rants about American foreign policy. But we did this we did this fetish patriotism thing in the United States where we said where we had everybody go up and and they oh thank you for your service thank you for your service and I'm like dude we invaded two countries that we shouldn't have. And you're thanking me. This is not a good way to organize a culture. It's just empty virtue signaling. I don't like it. And then what it does is it puts me, and I'm sure other service members, um, not not to say that other service members feel the same way I do about um, foreign policy, but it does put us in a position where it's like, now I have to say thank you to you. I don't want to, or I have to say you're welcome. What, what am I supposed to say? Just keep it moving. Don't say anything to me. I don't care. Don't. You're putting me in an awkward position to make yourself feel better. I don't like it. Thank you. You put me in an awkward position to make you feel better. I did not serve in the military, but that doesn't mean that I don't – that I'm not thankful for the, the freedoms that you guys provide me. You guys, you service people. Sorry. I All the women and men so, that, that provide us. So um, Mindy has this weird thing. <laughs> where uh, David and I will be chatting sometimes on the internet and she'll be included. And I smack talk service members nonstop because that's, that's because you're in the, like military, in the military. You like, can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, and I get it. Um, but you're way far on the other side where you're like, I just don't want to say anything that could possibly be offensive. I say things like, you know, the like called David a crayon eater and this, you know, this, this, Okay, so you stuff. here, I can never explain this properly. You can call him a crayon eater because you were in the military. I don't want to use a phrase like that and say, oh, David, you're a crayon eater and have him be like, wow, bitch, you didn't even serve. Like, th I never want somebody who served to think that I am 
using their jokes and I don't have permission to use their jokes or be offended by <laughs> I, the fact like a I, bullet I sponge. That's I so awful. I, I understand, but you act like it's not like some like it's not like we get some rare privilege to talk this way to each other. It's more like we all just have really thick skin. So we encourage we encourage everybody to join in. You know, Kate, Miss Kate, my lovely girlfriend, she says, um, um, there's five love languages according to the book. But they missed one. My my love language is shit talk. It's my favorite 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 thing in the whole wide world. And so a lot of veterans uh, feel the similar similar way. That's why if you go to conferences, like anybody who's ever going to conference, pay you don't even have to pay close attention. Pay a tiny little bit of attention, and you'll you'll find very quickly that at every single conference, service members, prior and active, find each other and and like hang out. All of the military people. Uh, end up hanging out together every time. Okay. We're like blood clots. We just coagulate in the same area, no matter uh-huh. what's going on. Yep. Usually to stop some kind of trauma. Yeah, because we're uh, the thickest skin, not because we're in some privileged group. Mindy, it's it's all context. If you if you say it as a joke, and, and some service member did get offended, which won't happen, that's a them problem because it, it ain't. That's how we are. It, as long as you're not just like blatantly like if you take the jokes and you like you know i don't know if you're like attacking people with them maybe somebody might get upset about it like okay come on you you know whatever but like we yeah the shit talking is real and and yeah so i got nothing. so i encourage everybody Go listening if you do come to um bigger pockets conference in san diego this fall is it it's been announced right i can say that it's been announced yes october two through yeah. four in san diego yeah, come to the Bigger Pockets conference. I will be the photographer. Mindy will be there, um, being useless. David will be there, also useless. And come make her feel uncomfortable and be like, "Yo, I heard that I can shit talk you, but you can't shit talk me." So get ready. <laughs> oh, if you're gonna bring it, no, excuse me. If you're gonna shit talk me, I'm gonna shit talk you back. What does Army stand uh, we for? Will, we will also be wait wait, wait wait what is wait wait she's here here this is what I'm what waiting for. What does Army stand for? A recruiter misled for? you. Oh God. Yeah uh, the 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 joke Mindy is ain't ready to be Marines yet. <laughs> I like that one better. Ain't ready to be Marines. We, while yet. we're on the topic of Bigger Pockets uh, event in October in San Diego. Um, there will be unofficial military millionaire and or veteran meetups every night at whatever bar is in the lobby that we can drink until the latest because that's what happens. So. I will be there. So my good friend, Shelby, we go to conferences and we don't – I don't go to – look, everybody does conferences differently. Some people like education. I can't do formal education, classroom-style education. Can't do it. Couldn't do it in school. It's what, yeah, I can't. I can't read, and I definitely don't want to hear. It. I can't. Look, I already know everything. Okay, I don't need to, somebody else to tell me something they think they know. That's crazy talk. Okay, so I just can't do sit down formal education. I have to learn in my own way. And so I go to conferences, and I go to basically zero breakout rooms at every conference I go to. Every single time, I haven't been to one in a couple of years. I just go to shake hands in, in the lobby, and we call it LobbyCon. And so this year, Shelby and I got posters made for LobbyCon. And we're, when we're going to be at Bigger Pockets Rookie in Denver in two weeks, we uh, have our LobbyCon posters and like hashtag LobbyCon hanging out at the bar. And so come find us in 
San Diego will do the same thing in October and many others. I will be there too. Lobby Con. I will have actual responsibilities though at BPCon. Me too. I'm working. Not not as late as we'll be there. That is true. We'll there I turn into a pumpkin end. at 9:30. Last yeah. year, John and I stole the Beardy Brandon cutout and ran through New Orleans filming videos of him stalking me. It was great. Oh, that was at like one in the morning. Oh, I have and those pictures. I, and then I lost John at the bar with Alex and some other people, and had to walk back on my own with Brandon's cutout because John was like, "Woo!" And I think it was like Alex and Scott, and I don't know. I got lost. They all got. I was like, all right, um, I have a flight in like three hours. I'm going to bed. I am. Oh, yep, there's me with the cutout stocking me. If you're watching this on YouTube, you just got a real treat. <laughs> the uh, full Instagram reel is on my social medias to the uh, Pink Panther theme song. <laughs> the, the best part of running through downtown New Orleans with that cutout was that I was carrying it like halfway down Bourbon Street. And Brandon was on the other side of the sidewalk as I'm like nonchalantly carrying this six and a half foot tall cut out of him <laughs> through Bourbon Street. Like, hey, guys, <laughs> don't mind me. I was very sad to miss BPCon last year. I My daughter tested positive for COVID right before I was supposed to get on the plane. And then it was Monday through Wednesday. And Tuesday, I tested positive. So if I had gone, I would have been... Uh, the super spreader there. So I'm glad I didn't go. Well, luckily for you, somebody else was the super spreader there. So you don't have to worry. <laughs> I'm sure there was. COVID's over now. So we don't have to worry about disease ever again. Yeah. It's true. That's... I hear I get to fly with no mask tomorrow. So I'm kind of excited about you that. You do get to fly with no mask tomorrow if you choose to. I choose to. <laughs> I choose that's to. That's fine. That's your choice. Um, I didn't get the vaccine, so I had to wear a mask as well. I, I got you didn't the get vaccines. the vaccine. No, I'm saying I. No, I'm saying I did not get the vaccine so that I would continue having to wear the mask. I got the oh, vaccine yeah. oh, so that oh, I would I not have to saying. wear the mask. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna not wear the mask. <laughs> I'm in the military, Mindy. I'm still in the. I'm still technically in the reserve. So yeah, I had to get. I had. I was to gonna say, I thought you got the vaccine. But I yeah. actually got it the moment it became available because I was like, well, I'm healthy. I'm not worried about COVID. I'm healthy. I'm not worried about the vaccine. Which one of these will allow me to like just go about my day and travel freely? Oh, option B, vaccine. Cool. Yeah, and give me a shot. that didn't work out for me. But, you know, it sounded good at the time. It, you know, it, it is what it is. For all the swearing, we probably just got this uh, show like flagged on iTunes by using the COVID word. So, or YouTube, it's probably going to be non-monetized. The C word. Explicit is whatever. But um, Mindy, what have we missed? We've been talking for an hour and some change. Uh, What's the money show about? Yeah, money. There we go. It's for people who want money. I'll I'll solicit your show for you that you guys get that you guys do without me. We can't have you on the show too. We would never accomplish anything. Tell our listeners what the who's the money show for. The Bigger Pockets Money Podcast is for anybody who has money or wants to have more. We talk about money. So basically anybody. We talk about money. We talk about the journey to financial independence. We talk about uh, the most recent episode that we released on episode 293 is about the ROI of 
grad student degrees, grad school degrees, and surprisingly, 40% of them are not worth the money that you pay to get them. Um, They have a negative ROI, meaning that if you had not gone, you would be better off. And we go to some pretty in-depth details with Preston Cooper, who is from the... I got to look him up. I can't remember what his uh, what his company name is, but he is, yes, he's on the internet. Um, shut up. Hold on. Of course, my computer is taking four flipping ever. Oops, that's not what I want. Um, he's from the Center for Research. Do you guys have an editor? Am no, I just gonna look like an idiot? Gonna mess with this. We just let it roll. Oh, yeah, we're gangsters. I'm not even going to mark the clip. Okay, we're, this we're is what we gangsters. Call slashing, Mindy. You Slash got to be, be able to flow. Okay, so Preston Cooper is for like, is from Mark. the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity, and what he did was study the ROI of something like fourteen thousand college degrees, uh, grad school degrees to see if it was worth it. And what it turns out is that most MBAs are not worth it. And a lot of, but when you're going to get your MBA, people say, oh, once you get your MBA, you'll make so much more money. Not necessarily. And a lot of those MBAs aren't worth the price of admission, but dental school is almost always worth it. Attorneys being a lawyer is almost always worth it. Um, that's because he well, those examples really in particular, because, you know, dental and um, lawyers are like specialized, hyper specialized um, fields that require that require credentials and technical knowledge to get ahead. An MBA teaches you business, but business can't be taught by theoretics. It, it's, it's an experience based apparatus. You can't learn like the problem with the MBAs is that the freaking people teaching it learned it from a book. They didn't learn it from running a successful business. And so it's like, it's just the blind leading the blind. That particular, the I don't MBA, know about all the examples, but that particular one. The MBA works out best when it is one of the top schools that has the networking and the connections. Um, just teaching you the random stuff isn't going to get you anything. Um, one so of the, then the one argument of the, is, was it the degree or just networking? I kind of thought that it was the networking more than the degree. I mean, it's, it's the, M, it's the college. three, it's the three initials past your name and it is the networking that you get at the school that you go to. So having the three initials without the networking, it kind of makes it worthless. Can um, I make up my own initials? When does that come? Like if what, I can, if I can choose my own like pronouns, do I get to choose my own initials eventually? DJP, that, you could be, uh, I'm going to make up like, I'm going to be the, MMO or MMF military millionaire founder David Perret MMF and I'm going to require people to call me MMF. I'll call you MF. <laughs> um my Miss Kate has a masters in literature, English literature from Oxford. So my friend Preston Cooper would say hey, Oxford from New from England? Bro, she is gangster. Oh, that's not gangster at all. That is like the exact opposite of gangster. But okay. she is she amazing. Is, okay, okay, so sorry. I use that term like 
she is bad, like to the bone. Everything she's she does is the dope. Most, I don't know how to say this cool. Yes. Like <laughs> everything she yes, does is well, dope. You're you're really screwing it up all the way around. Yes, no, she is not gangster at all. That is the exact opposite of gangster. But she is amazing in every single way. I cannot believe she stooped down to be with you. But whatever, that's her only flaw. I like she dumb chicks. What can I say? Fabulous. <laughs> 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 that's not true because she's wonderful. She's brilliant and. Did you have you plugged your um your video series with Kate? It's so cute. We tried to Alex, do a second one, but it didn't come out that good. Um, oh my god! But we're gonna do more once she she quit her Maybe job. Maybe John so Lalonde can help you with camera work. <laughs> That's <laughs> Minnie Jensen, ladies and gentlemen. She's gone now. We unplugged her. <laughs> <laughs> That's not cool. Uh, one's hurt. Say he learns a lot from you. <laughs> No. Um, okay. So I can't believe she has something from Oxford, but my friend Preston Cooper would say that's probably not going to yield a big ROI. Is she working no. in that field? I know she's not. Bro, she did it as a dare. Uh, her dad went to Oxford and she's like, stop telling me what to Oxford. Anybody could go. And he's like, yeah, so go. So she went <laughs> and she got a master's in English lit. Okay. Well, I guess that sometimes works. Yeah. Well, it's good. It makes for a good story, not for good ROI. But she, um, she doesn't live life by ROI, which I find very appealing in many ways. And that is valid. I mean, I don't think you should live your life by ROI always. But the purpose of the uh, the study was to show, and it was it was not aimed at people who have already gotten their degree. I don't know that this would shock anybody listening, but my fashion design degree didn't even come up on the dumbest shit you could ever study, uh, although it should have been right there at the very top. Um, it was more for people who are considering going to college or considering going to grad school. Oh, I should get an MBA because everybody has an MBA. And then you look at the study and you're like, ooh, I can't get into Wharton or whatever the other big MBA schools are. I could get into like Bob's MBA school. Wow, that's really not going to help me at all. I'll just skip it. And that's who this was really aimed at. It isn't for people who already went to school and like, hey, look, you studied something dumb. Like that's not going to help anybody. That's not for who it's for. I wanted to learn... I wanted to learn how to how money works. I was sick of being broke all the time. Broke so is a choice, like, Alex. Well, I didn't know that yet. I didn't know that yet. I had to I had to I had to invent it. So I um so I said, I'm gonna go learn how money works. How how can I learn about money? Well, I'll go to school and learn about money. And so I went and got a a undergrad in a bachelor's in finance with the idea that like, hey, look, if I go learn this money thing, then maybe I won't be maybe I can figure out how to manage my money, which is not the worst idea. Um, but you can go to bigger, you can go to bigger pockets money show and learn how to manage money. You don't need to go get a four year degree. Now the army paid for mine. So like, that's cool. But when I got there, I was like, this whole thing is a crock of shit. Now, look, I went to a cheap school. I went to, a, I went to a cheap school. It was a nice school, right? It was nice enough. They, they treated me well and everything. And they provided as much service as they could, I'm sure. But like this, the, the setup, the infrastructure was just so inefficient. I remember I'm like 30, right? I went to school late. I'm like 30 and my finance classes as a whole, I think were like eight weeks of a four year degree. I had like, I had like a couple of classes, like an eight week, maybe not eight weeks, but like eight classes, right? So a couple of classes for two semesters, like 
not a lot of basically eight weeks worth of information. Uh, but I remember being 31 and taking like a music class because I had to satisfy a, a credit. Uh, um, like, um, what do you call it? Credit. And I was like, this whole thing is a crock of shit to get my, you know, whatever it was, 20 grand a year, something like that. And it really didn't make me, I learned how to run, I learned how balance sheets and P&Ls work, which is very important, but you don't need to spend $40,000 to understand financial statements um, or the time value money calculations. So I can only imagine MBA is worse. If only we could bring back apprenticeships. I mean, there, there's still some out there, but that Dude, model Skillbridge. is awesome. Skillbridge yeah. is – well, the problem with Skillbridge is that it's people – most of the people that I know that are using it are people that are learning how to run a business for the first time. And they're like, I'll oh, use Skillbridge. And I'm like, this is the blind leading the blind. This is um, useful, useful in many ways, but also um, it's sometimes much more useful for the business owner than for the apprentice. Um now, if you had a if you had those Skillbridge programs going to a company that's been in business for thirty years, you know, go work for Ford. That's a good like as a executive, like go learn. You know, don't go learn how to build cars, but go learn how to run a business. That that'd be good. Mindy. In my opinion, what's your biggest money mistake? I'm just gonna steal all the bigger pockets money questions and make you ask answer them here. <sighs> my biggest money mistake, boy, how much time do you have? I have several of them. Not that much. Um, I read when I was like 20, I read a statement that said, if you invest from the time that you're 22 to 30 and you never invest another <laughs> dime, you will have more money at age 65 than if you start investing at age 30 and invest all the way through to age 65. And I read this when I was 20, when I could have taken action and could have had that, that eight-year chunk of investing. And I've done the, the math on a, a compound interest calculator, and it is astonishing. You don't have a ton more at age 65 when you invest just for those eight years. But you have like $100,000 more just investing eight years than investing 35 years. And I didn't take action and I didn't do it. And I should have. I kick myself every day. I could be a trillionaire right now instead of just a millionaire. So it would have been a better choice to take action. And ultimately, my biggest money mistake is not taking action when I had the information at my hands. Yeah. My biggest mistake is starting too late as well or like not just not capitalize, like not even being aggressive, just like not doing sort of minimums. I didn't do anything. Like if you look at like the way the, my book is structured, one of the, I think it's the very first chapter, maybe the second chapter after the, I think it's like the first chapter after the intro is about the TSP. And I put it there as like, look, if you're 18 and you're joining the military, if you could just put like as much money as humanly possible in your 401k right now, even if you only do it for four years, then you can go and risk it on the biscuit and do whatever because you're at least going to have something in retirement. And it's like those years are infinitely more valuable than if you put in. But, you know, <laughs> would I have listened at 18? Maybe. Probably not. Probably I would not. probably continue to get tattoos and go out on dates and do whatever. Do you have tattoos? Yeah. She asked you a question, sir. 
Mindy, Mindy, I thought we were, yeah. Yeah, I've got like five or six. I mean, I've only I seen have you close. Shocker tattooed on my chest. Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? Oh, that's so white. It trash. was our call sign in Afghanistan. <sighs> this is your so, co host. This is so who trashy. you chose. Really? Shocker? Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm shocked. It was our call sign in Afghanistan. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've got one on what calf, two on chest, one on arm, and one on back. Nothing crazy. Um, Nothing Warren Buffett is not the highest average return earning investor of all time. He's just been doing it the longest. You know, it's like, dude, start at 15 and live to your 95. Like, you're going to do okay. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to knock it out of the park. Like, just do it the longest. Start at 15 and live till you're 95. There you go. That's the. That's the investment advice from Alex Felice. Start That's the investment advice from Warren Buffett, the greatest value investor of all time. Did you see Berkshire Hathaway stocks have been going up, up, up lately? Uh, I have not. I know you're you're a big fan of him. <gasps> and them. Warren Buffett, we could be best friends, except you took that role and also he won't call me back. Yeah. He's done some interesting things. Um I don't know of other companies that they've never they've never split their A share A class stock. It's they're like the price is what it what it is. We can't buy it. Like we don't care. We're not selling stocks. That's what yeah. the value of stock is. And so now I think the A classes are like what 160 grand a share, something like that. I don't know what they are, but they're pretty high. They're pretty high. That's awesome. All right, uh, let's see. Worst, I mean, sorry. Five hundred. So sorry, five hundred and twenty-two thousand dollars a share for Class A Berkshire Hathaway. Every time I tell people that I'm a Berkshire Hathaway stockholder, they're like, "Class A." I'm like, "No." <laughs> I wish. All right, Mindy. Yes. Worst. I mean, favorite joke to tell at parties. Whew. What does Army stand for? We already I gave you the answer to that. It's her favorite now. Okay, well hold on. Hold She's on. Googling. I am She's Googling because I don't know what I don't know. Clearly what Dude, I love how party. I love how her and well, it was Scott. They had this show where um one of them, you know, Mindy's funny, but she's not a jokester. Like she doesn't tell jokes. And Scott tells awful jokes. Like horrible embarrassing cringeworthy jokes and like this is a terrible combination of people to have a segment on their show that like asks about comedy like stay run for the hills people do not engage with this this is bad wow this thank is, you alex like, felice <laughs> you ask me i'm like i don't do jokes okay i don't that's not how that's not my humor i don't do I'm not a jokester you don't have to be a jokester i'm actually not a jokester either i just tell like in the moment stuff. Scott's yeah. the jokester. That was his question. What's my yeah. best joke to tell at parties? It's just whatever's going on at the time. Alex Felice. That's my best joke to tell at parties. David's mustache used to be my favorite joke and he ruined it. <laughs> All right, Mindy. When he was on where? our show, I asked him why the mustache. He said, I'm bringing sexy back. And that was the beginning that was of the, the show. Intro to the show, too. <laughs> that was great. 
Okay, David, funny. you were going to ask And it was something. funny because the funniest part was because that was done like we were horsing around after the show. That wasn't even like part – like I thought we were done. <laughs> um, no, I was just going to ask where people can get a hold of you because we've been on this for 90 minutes and as much as I'd like to keep talking, I have a flight to catch in the morning. I haven't packed. Ooh, well, where people can find me at – Mindy at BP, M-I-N-D-Y-A-T-B-P on all the social media that matters. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not super active on Instagram because you got to do that on your phone and I have terrible eyesight. I am on Twitter, which is my favorite. Or you can find me at Bigger Pockets. You can email me, Mindy at BiggerPockets.com. I am terrible at email. So if you email me and you don't hear back, it's not you, it's me. Send me another note. And that usually makes me feel really, really bad that there are two messages and I jump in there and answer questions. Again, it's not you, it's me. I just get a lot of emails. But yes. Perfect. I would love to talk to you. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It's about time. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry that it took so long for me to get on your show. All of your recording times were at like nine o'clock in the morning. I'm like, how can I drink at nine? Hey, now that you have been a guest on our show and you had a lot of fun, can you get us anybody good? Any Who do you good want? Guests? I know everybody. I yeah, I know. Who do you want? I don't know yet. Well, you got to give me a name. I'm just saying like Donald Trump. No. And Elon Musk together. Same show. Oh, yeah. Elon <laughs> Musk and I go way back. 2012. Uh, we'll, we'll send you a list. We have a list of like – we have a wish list, but they're probably obscure. Um, they're obscure military people, but we have a wish list. We'll send it to you. So obscure military people I don't necessarily know, but I can try. I know a lot of people who know people. Yeah. That's my superpower. I have a big network. Yeah. I used to have, well, I sort of have a big network, but basically it's just you guys nowadays. I love to connect people. So yeah, I want to, I want to hook you up. Yay. Yay. Okay. Bye. The fabulous Mindy Jensen. Dude, I'm so, um, I'm so excited for BPCon this year. I really hope I see you at BP Rookie. Um, And it sounds like uh, my super in I, I used to know a lot of people at Bigger Pockets a lot, and now I know basically like three people. Turns out all of them are like getting promoted all the time, so it's working out really well in my favor. And I think it looks like Bigger Pockets is going to be doing more events, which I am d- deep in my wheelhouse, and I like shooting events. And uh, so I'm going to weasel my way into a into more media positions, and I have some. I'm really excited. Well, if you do a good job with photography at RookieCon and BPCon, I bet you can weasel your way in there. Yeah. Do you know how to use a camera? Video? Do you wanna do you wanna call John? Wait, what? And we're out. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military millionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show, give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.